Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. Friday, TGIF, our first Friday in a long time without any football on Sunday afternoon. Frustrating. No football. Well, I guess technically, if you watch the Pro Bowl, which I don't watch, not even the Pro Bowl anymore. What is it, flag football now? They had all those competitions last night. But no football for the first time in, what, 21 weeks? Maybe longer if you include the preseason. It's going to be a long, long offseason. But good news, Punxsutawney Phil didn't see his shadow today. So at least that means the spring will be here sooner, if you believe in that crap. But no football. But we got to talk about the Sixers. Big night from Tyrese Maxey. Some bad news on the Joel Embiid injury front. We'll talk a little bit about the NFL coaching carousel that looks like it's finally come to a close. And I want to talk about my man, Nick Sirianni. Because a lot of you in the chat want to give me a hard time about Nick. But as we sit here now, February 2nd, 2024, Nick Sirianni is still the best coach in the NFC East. And we'll get into that later, see if you guys disagree with me. But let's get a little roll call from the Power Hour crew in the chat. We are live on the Jacob Sports Network. We are also live across all my social media platforms. So make sure you're subscribed everywhere. Don't believe we are live on Instagram. Instagram's having some issues with their StreamYard connection. So we are not live on Instagram. But make sure you're following me across all platforms. We are live on TikTok as well today. But let's get a little roll call in the chat. Who do we got here today? My man Wine Niners Wine in the house saying, Farzy body slammed me yesterday. That's not the way I saw it, Wine Niners Wine. I think I won that argument with Farzy. But we will see. Who else we got? Invincible. Good to see you. Rob from Temple. Temple Tough. Love it. William Stark. Meatballs and Rigatoni's for lunch today. Good for you. I had some meatballs last night, actually. Going to my mom's tomorrow night for dinner, so we'll have some meatballs for sure. Twiz in the house. Fanny Woods in the house. Brandon Lewis. James Jones. Flexing and stepping. My man. Ian Blackwell. Slagger. Thunderbird. Mo, Spa City Chop, Eric Gallagher, Jeff Bone, the Bonehead in the house, Bleed Green, Mike is right. A lot of people in the house today. And we have more people logging on TikTok as well. So it's good to see the Power Hour crew here. But let's get into the tough news that came out yesterday. We were all bracing for it. Joel Embiid reportedly has a torn meniscus. In his left knee. What did we do as Philadelphia fans? I talked to you guys about it earlier in the week. What the hell did we do to deserve the abuse that the sports gods are bestowing upon us the last year and a half? Between the Philadelphia Phillies losing the World Series. The Eagles up 10 at the half of Super Bowl 57. The Union. The Phillies blowing a 2-0 lead in the NLCS this year. The Eagles collapsing from 10-1 down the stretch. The Sixers unable to get out of the second round again. 
and now Joel Embiid. And the one thing we were all hoping was, well, maybe the Flyers, the feel-good story of the year, maybe the Flyers who are surprising everybody, well, now they lose five straight. A lot of drama surrounding Carter Hart and the criminal investigation. What the hell did we do? So now let me ask you guys, if you're here in the chat, they haven't yet announced what the plan is going to be for Joel Embiid with the torn meniscus. We know he tore his meniscus, I believe, back in 2020, 2017. I forget the exact date. And he played through it. Played through it, got surgery after the season. What would you do? You're the 76ers organization. What are you doing with Joel Embiid? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I don't care about the regular season. I don't even care about seeding in the NBA right now. Because you saw it. The Miami Heat got to the finals. What were they, the eighth seed? Seventh seed? What the hell were they when they got there? So it's possible. So what I'm doing, if I'm the Sixers organization, I'm sitting Joel out as long as possible. And I see Slagger 57 saying he had his meniscus cleaned out when he was in his 50s. He was back in a month. A little bit different, though, Slagger. I doubt you are seven feet tall playing basketball every night. But for me, I don't care if I don't see Joel Embiid again this regular season. Bring him back at the end of the season. Give him a couple of games to get back into game shape. We need him for the playoffs. So I don't care if we don't see Joel for another couple of months. Seeding to me doesn't matter. Shouldn't matter for the Sixers either. Because you look, they're probably not catching Boston or Milwaukee anyway. The Knicks are the hottest team in the NBA right now, by the way. Winners of nine straight. But I'm okay. Look, right now they're a fifth seed. Sixers are a fifth seed at 30 and 17. And we'll talk about the big game last night. And I see some people in the chat saying there's no guarantee they make the playoffs. They make the playoffs. It's not that hard to make the playoffs in the NBA. Even without Joel, this team will make the playoffs. But would you rather be a higher seed with a banged-up Joel Embiid or would you rather have a healthy Joel going into the playoffs? What gives them the best chance in the playoffs? So they definitely make the playoffs. I don't want to hear that without Joel, they can't make the playoffs. They will. But I don't care about seeding. Rest Joel. Make sure he's healthy down the stretch. That's what I want to see. So we'll find out more, hopefully over the next couple of days, what their plan is. The reports where they were still evaluating. But in his absence last night, Tyrese Maxey, back from his ankle injury. And earlier in the day, in addition to the bad news we received about Joel, we got some really good news for Tyrese. First time All-Star, Tyrese Maxey, well-deserved with the season he's having. So Tyrese Maxey is an all-star. We were waiting for that announcement. So without Joel last night, Tyrese Maxey decides he's going to show us why he was named an all-star. And he drops 51 points against the Utah Jazz last night. 16 in the first quarter. Unstoppable last night was Tyrese. And they tried everything. They tried a zone defense. They tried everything against Tyrese, and he showed you what he can do being the number one. Now, if we're looking for a silver lining to Joel's injury, maybe this allows Tyrese Maxey to shine. Maybe this gives Tyrese Maxey an opportunity to be the number one. So when the playoffs come around, you have Tyrese Maxey's confidence at an all-time high with Joel coming back from injury. 
Not an ideal situation, but if we're looking for some silver lining here. So I'm sitting Joel. I don't need to see him again. And I'm letting us run with our man Tyrese, who dropped 51 last night in a big win. They needed that win. Sixers were on a skid. Losers of four straight. So that was a big win. Who else had a good game last night? I think Oubre dropped some points last night, too. He looked like he was playing pretty well. Let's check the box score here. But I felt like Oubre was playing well. Yeah, Oubre had 16. Tobias dropped 28 last night. So they're going to have to carry us. They're going to have to carry us. But we'll see. We'll find out more about Joel. But that's it for our NBA talk today. I want to jump over to the NFL. So we didn't really talk about it yesterday with Farzi on the show, but because of injuries and people opting out and with Brock Purdy making the Super Bowl, there was an opening for the Pro Bowl roster, and Jalen Hurts named to his second straight Pro Bowl. Obviously, he didn't play in it last year or in the Pro Bowl games last year because they were in the Super Bowl. But Jalen Hurts, back-to-back Pro Bowl selections now. First time. We've had a quarterback with back-to-back Pro Bowl selections since Donovan McNabb, who did it four straight years from 2000 to 2004. But did you see the Pro Bowl roster? Did you see the quarterbacks? The Pro Bowl has become such a joke, unfortunately. You have Gardner Minshew, C.J. Stroud, he deserved it. Tua Tungavailoa, he deserved it. But the NFC Pro Bowl roster, Geno Smith, Jalen Hurts. Who was the other quarterback now? I'm forgetting. I just saw this, and I'm forgetting who the other quarterback was. Oh, Baker Mayfield. Are you kidding me? So as excited as I am, hey, Jalen, you made another Pro Bowl back-to-back seasons. The NFC Pro Bowl quarterbacks, Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield. Jalen Hurts, such a joke. And then Gardner Minshew, look, happy for him, but he makes it in the AFC. Ridiculous. Anyway, now that Jalen was named, another player who was named because of an injury, Darius Slay. So officially, Philadelphia Eagles had Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Hassan Reddick, Landon Dickerson, DeAndre Swift, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, and Darius Slay, eight pro bowlers. That makes you happy. Good for you. That really doesn't do anything for me. I'd rather them still be playing than watching these stupid pro bowl games. So you got the pro bowl the weekend this weekend, if you're into that. I won't watch a single rep. I I didn't even watch last night. I saw some highlights. Jalen Hurts was in some sort of competition. I think he came in fifth. Not ideal when you got those six quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts comes in fifth. But, yeah, there was a dodgeball competition last night. Is what it is. That's your thing. And then this weekend, if you're into the NHL All-Star game, Flyers have Travis Konechny. They do that three-on-three, four different teams. Also boring. I just can't get into this stuff, guys. I just can't. Even the NBA. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. How fun the dunk competition used to be. That's not even fun anymore. So. But the coaching carousel. The NFL coaching carousel. Finally looks like it's coming to a close. Looks like we finally know who all of the new coaches are going to be in the NFL. So the LA Chargers. They get Jim Harbaugh. When you look at all these, probably the best hire of all eight openings. Jim Harbaugh, he's going to do a lot for Justin Herbert. So I'm excited for Justin Herbert. I really thought that that guy won games in spite of his head coach. Brandon Staley, brutal head coach. But Jim Harbaugh goes to the L.A. Chargers. We know Antonio Pierce was hired by the Las Vegas Raiders, and it looks like they're going to name Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator. New England, we remember, Gerard Mayo, 
was named right away head coach there. Tennessee gets Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals over the last few years. Obviously did a lot of good things with Joe Burrow. Even had some success with backup Jake Browning. But here's some big question marks. Carolina gets Dave Canales, who was the OC for the Tampa Bay Bucks, One year as an offensive coordinator. One year. And now he's the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I don't think they had a lot of options. I don't think there was a lot of coaches who wanted to coach for that owner, Dave Tepper. But we'll see. It's a crapshoot every year. This is why I said to you guys, I did not want to see the Eagles move on from Nick Sirianni. Because just because you're a good offensive coordinator or a good defensive coordinator doesn't mean you're going to be a good head coach in this league. We see it every single year. So this year, there's eight new coaches. A majority of them will probably not be good head coaches. It's just the reality. In three or four years, when we look back at these eight coaching hires, probably more than 50% of them won't be a head coach anymore. It's a crapshoot. So that's why when I look at Nick Sirianni, and I keep telling you guys who want to call him a clown and want to call him a cheerleader, that holding on to him was the right move. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. And I know a lot of people wanted them to hire Mike Vrabel or Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll or even Jim Harbaugh. It wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. So for everyone in the chat who was calling for Nick Sirianni's job, if they weren't going to hire one of these known coaches, you would have been okay with a crapshoot. You would have been okay rolling the dice on a Dave Canales or a Brian Callahan because that's what they would have done. They would have gone out. They would have tried to hire a young offensive coach that no one ever heard of, maybe even Kellen Moore, a guy like that. And just because Kellen Moore is a good offensive coordinator, just because Gerard Johnson in Houston's a good quarterbacks coach, it doesn't mean they're going to be good head coaches. So that's why be careful what you wish for. And we're going to get into it because I still believe the Eagles have the best coach in the NFC East. So rounding out these coaching carousel, you got Dave Canales in Carolina after one year as an offensive coordinator. The Atlanta Falcons, although they interviewed Bill Belichick twice, they go with Raheem Morris, who was the defensive coordinator for the L.A. Rams from 2021 to 2023. We know he was the D.C. for the Falcons before, was also their interim head coach after they fired Dan Quinn. and then. The Seattle Seahawks fill their position. This was a good hire, maybe. Mike McDonald. This fits the MO of the Seattle Seahawks. Going out, getting an aggressive defensive coordinator to be their head coach. Basically half as old as Pete Carroll was. That's crazy. Pete Carroll, 72. Mike McDonald, I think, is 36. Half his age. But Mike McDonald, again, a lot of experience in this league. No guarantee he's going to be the head, a, a good head coach. There's no guarantee he's going to be the head coach in Seattle for a few more years. You just don't know. But Mike McDonald was the D.C. in Baltimore for the last two seasons. He was the defensive coordinator at Michigan in 2021. And before that, a long career seven or eight seasons with the Baltimore Ravens in different roles, position coaches, things like that. But can he grow into being a head coach? Anybody's guess. And then the last hire for the coaching carousel was the Washington Commanders hiring Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys. And to me, this was a great, great event for the Philadelphia Eagles. Because now what you've done is you've taken the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. They had a good defense last season. The Cowboys, you never would have known it when you watched that game against the Green Bay Packers in the wild card round. But they had a really good 
defense last year. Created a lot of turnovers, flying all over the field. Well, now they lose their defensive coordinator. The Dallas Cowboys have to stick with Mike McCarthy as their head coach. He's a lame duck going into his final season. And now they lose their D.C. Well, the Washington Commanders, we all assumed that they were going to get Ben Johnson. Great young offensive mind from the Detroit Lions. Has done a great job with Jared Goff and that Lions offense with Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta, Amon Ross St. Brown, David Montgomery. That Detroit Lions offense was humming this year. And it looked like the Washington Commanders were going to get Ben Johnson to be their head coach. And that would have been a great hire for them. It's a crapshoot. You don't know if Ben Johnson's going to be able to become a good head coach or not, but I think that would have been a good hire for them. Well, Ben Johnson informs them while they're in the air on their way to meet him, he's staying in Detroit. Big news for the Detroit Lions. But the Washington Commanders now, they have to pivot. They've been waiting for Ben Johnson. All playoffs, they've been waiting to hire him. So now they have to pivot, and they hired Dan Quinn. I think that is great news for Philadelphia Eagles fans. Because as good of a defensive coordinator as Dan Quinn is, I don't think he's a great coach. I don't think he's a great head coach. And we'll continue to talk about it, but I'm telling you right now, and you guys may disagree with me, the Philadelphia Eagles now have the best head coach in the NFC East, just like they did last year. Just like they did before the 2023 season. And I know everybody in here wants to hate on Nick, wants to hate on Sirianni, still the best coach in the NFC East. And we'll talk more about that after the break. But in other news, this is exciting. So now that the Washington Commanders have hired Dan Quinn, are they going to retain Eric Bieniemy as their offensive coordinator? That's still up in the air. And reports come out, and this would be freaking awesome, man. I, I would love for this to happen. I think they'd be crazy. But apparently Chip Kelly is being considered for the offensive coordinator role for the Washington Commanders. Please, please, Washington, please bring Chip Kelly to your team. If I'm an owner, I'm a general manager, I'm a head coach, I don't want that guy anywhere near my team. And they're considering bringing in Chip Kelly to be their offensive coordinator. That could be the greatest thing that happens to the NFC East. Bring this guy back. Please bring this guy back. So I would be shy. Look, the Washington Commanders are under new ownership. I still think it's a violation that Josh Harris owns the 76ers and the New Jersey Devils and the Washington Commanders. It's ridiculous that you could be an owner of a Philadelphia sports team and have two rivals that you also own in other sports. To me, it's ridiculous. I know it's a business. It's ridiculous. But I think he's doing a good job. They're bringing in some good leaders in the front office. So would they be dumb enough to bring in a guy like Chip Kelly into that building? I pray to God that they are because everything that we loved about the Washington organization before when it was under Dan Snyder because we knew they never were going to win a damn thing. Please bring Chip Kelly into the building now. You got rid of Dan Snyder and that whole toxic ownership group. Bring Chip Kelly into your building. It would be such a good idea. Such a good idea. But when we get back, because I see you guys in the chat, and we get back, I'm going to give you my case on why Nick Sirianni is still the best coach in the NFC East. And I'll give you guys an opportunity 
You could, you put a good comment in the chat. I will put it up on the screen, and we will talk about it. Because when we get back, we're going to go through every single coach in the NFC East, what they've done in their NFL careers, and why you would believe that any of those coaches are better than Nick Sirianni. And then when you throw the coordinators on top of it, the Philadelphia Eagles have the best head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator right now as we go into this offseason. So be prepared. I'll pull up your comments. We'll talk about it. This is the Philly Sports Power Hour. I'm Bill Calarulo, not Bill Spadaro, as some of you like to call me these days. Bill Calarulo, this is the Philly Sports Power Hour. Hit that like button for me. Hit that share button. When we come back, I'm going to explain to you why the Philadelphia Eagles have the best head coach in the NFC East right now. Don't, don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. What's up, everybody, and welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo. I love my Power Hour crew. I love that we get to spend this hour together every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. I disagree with a bunch of you in the chat. You know that. But I still love you. Still love the engagement. Still love that you express your opinions, even though they're wrong. I still love that you express your opinions. And I'm going to give you guys a chance when we go to our next segment here. I'm going to give you a chance. I'll pull your comments up, see what you have to say about 
this position I have. I'm not calling it a take because it's just a position that I have. When you look at everything, when you look at all the facts, this is why I'm correct. But in the first segment, guys, we did a little Sixers talk. Obviously, Joel Embiid, torn meniscus in his left knee. I asked you what you would do. I told you what I would do if I'm the Sixers. I don't need to see Joel again until maybe a week or two left in the regular season. Let him rest up, bring him back at the end of the season, get him back into game shape, and let's make our run in the playoffs. They will make the playoffs. They're good enough to make the playoffs. Everybody makes the damn playoffs in the NBA. Don't worry about seeding. Just get Joel healthy. But our man Tyrese Maxey carrying the day last night, dropping 51 points on the day he's named an all-star. Good to see Tyrese. Let him carry the team for a couple of months. Get Joel back to what we need. Because we all said it. As great as this season was from a points perspective and an historic perspective of what Joel Embiid was doing, it wasn't really going to matter if they didn't get out of the second round. So get him back into 100% health. That's what we need. And then we were talking a little bit about this NFL coaching carousel. And news breaks yesterday that the Washington Commanders fill their coaching vacancy with Dan Quinn, former defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. So now every single coaching vacancy has been filled. And I said to you, When you look at the coaches, when you look at the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles have the best head coach in the NFC East and the overall best coaching staff in the NFC East. So as much as all of you, I shouldn't say all, just a lot of the vocal people here in the chat, my vocal crew in the chat saying they wanted to move on from Nick Sirianni because Sirianni's a clown and a cheerleader. Well, let's take a look at the other coaches, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to explain why you think any of these coaches is better than Nick Sirianni with facts. First of all, let's look at the New York Giants. The New York Giants head coach is Brian Dable. In two seasons as the head coach, he's combined a record of 15, 19, and 1. The Giants were one of the worst teams in the NFL this past season. I get it, injuries. But they're still rolling it back with Brian Dable. They still have Mike Kafka as their offensive coordinator. And they're going to have Daniel Jones at quarterback. And they just fired their defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, and haven't hired anybody yet. So would you rather have Brian Dable and Mike Kafka or Nick Sirianni and Kellen Moore? Honestly, asking you guys your opinion in the chat. Would you rather have Brian Dable and Mike Kafka or Nick Sirianni and Kellen Moore? For me, it's not even a question. There's not even a debate here that you would go with Sirianni and Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore has called plays on a number one offense in the NFL. Has Kafka done that? So when I say they have the best coaching staff in the NFC East, this is what I'm talking about. And Flexen and Steppen says he doesn't want neither. That wasn't the question. That wasn't the question. The question was, going into 2024, you're going to play the Giants twice. Do the Eagles have the better coaching staff right now? To me, I think it's a no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. And when you talk about quarterback even though Jalen Hurts did take a step back last season would you rather have Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones 
comical to even ask that question. So the Philadelphia Eagles are in a lot better position than the New York Giants. And we don't know who their defensive coordinator is going to be. They fired Wink Martindale. They haven't replaced him yet. So then let's look at the Dallas Cowboys. Because really, that's probably going to be the Philadelphia Eagles' biggest competition again for the NFC East Championship. A lot can change. There's going to be a lot of free agents, the draft, all of these things. But as we sit here today, it's probably the Dallas Cowboys who won the NFC East because of the Eagles' collapse. But all of you who want to get rid of Nick Sirianni, would you rather have Mike McCarthy? I wouldn't. The Dallas Cowboys' hands were kind of tied keeping Mike McCarthy this year. And they kept him in the final year of his deal. And now McCarthy loses his defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, who I don't think is a great head coach, but a good defensive coordinator. So now they're going in with Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer as the OC. We don't know who their defensive coordinator is going to be. I know some people really like Al Harris, their D-backs coach. Former Eagle, former Packer. But let's look at Mike McCarthy's resume. He hasn't been to a championship game in seven years. And he's never been to a championship game without Aaron Rodgers. And you saw what Mike McCarthy did in a playoff game against the Green Bay Packers. A team that was so dominant at home, so dominant at AT&T Stadium all season long. And they got absolutely blown out by the Green Bay Packers. I know the Cowboys started to come back at the end, padded those stats, made it look a little bit better. But Mike McCarthy hasn't won in seven years. Hasn't been to a championship game in seven years. So I'd rather have Sirianni than Mike McCarthy. Anybody disagree with me on that? Would you rather have Mike McCarthy as your head coach? Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer? Or Nick Sirianni and Kellen Moore? Which one would you rather have? And also remember that no coach in NFL history, at least I think I'm accurate on this, no coach on NFL history has ever won a Super Bowl with one team and then gone to another team and won a Super Bowl. I believe that's accurate. You guys can fact check me. But I don't think there's ever been a head coach that's won a Super Bowl with one franchise, left, went to another team, and won a Super Bowl there. And I certainly don't think Mike McCarthy is going to be the first one to do it with the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going with Nick Sirianni and Kellen Moore again. And now Mike McCarthy loses a really good defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn. Who do they replace him with? Some talks it may be Ron Rivera. I actually think that would be a good move for Dallas to bring in a guy like Mike, or excuse me, like Ron Rivera. But I'd rather have Nick. McCarthy hasn't done a damn thing in the last seven years. So then let's go to the Washington Commanders. Because the Washington Commanders yesterday hired Dan Quinn, the D.C. from Dallas, to be their next head coach. Not their top choice. They may spin it and say they wanted Dan Quinn all along. Clearly not their top choice. Because if they wanted Dan Quinn all along, they could have hired him three damn weeks ago when Dallas lost in the wild card game. So if Dan Quinn was their number one choice, 
They would have hired him three weeks ago. So they wanted Ben Johnson. They were in the air on their way to meet with Ben Johnson, and Ben Johnson decided he wanted to stay in Detroit. Smart move on his part? I don't know. He'll probably be a hot candidate again next year. Maybe he just didn't like the commander's organization. Maybe he didn't want to work for a brand new front office, new ownership with Josh Harris. An unknown at the quarterback position. Yeah, they have a high draft pick, but we know drafting quarterbacks in the first round, it's a crapshoot, just like head coaching jobs are a crapshoot. So he decides to stay in Detroit. So then they pivot and they go with Dan Quinn. Now, who remembers when Dan Quinn was a head coach? Who remembers watching the Super Bowl when they were up 28 to 3? That was Dan Quinn's Atlanta Falcons team. You remember who the offensive coordinator was on that team? Kyle Shanahan, now head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. But it was Dan Quinn's team and Dan Quinn's defense that let the New England Patriots come back from 28-3 to in the Super Bowl. And in his last three seasons, as a head coach, Dan Quinn's record was 14-23. and Fired in Atlanta. So as good of a defensive coach as Dan Quinn is, it's a different skill set to be a head coach. So again, I am taking Nick Sirianni over Mike McCarthy, over Brian Dable, over Dan Quinn. Because in three seasons, with our cheerleader head coach, with our clown head coach that you guys want to call him, the Philadelphia Eagles are 36 and 20. 36 and 20. I've gone through all of these stats with you guys before about Sirianni, but let's do it again. Third coach ever to start consecutive seasons 10 and 1 or better, joining Tony Dungy and Don Shula. McCarthy never did it. Brian Dable never did it. Dan Quinn certainly never did it. Hertz and Sirianni in their first 45 games, 34 and 11, fifth best ever. Behind Reed and Mahomes. Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. Not Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. John Fox and Peyton Manning. Don Shula and Dan Marino. This is who Nick Sirianni is being compared to when you look at his stats the first three seasons as a head coach. And everybody wants to say, well, what does he do? What does he do? There is a reason why good offensive coordinators and good defensive coordinators don't always make good head coaches. It's a different skill set. And I am completely content on Nick Sirianni being a CEO coach. First of all, Sirianni was essentially a CEO coach for the last two and a half years anyway. Once he turned the play calling duties over to Shane Steichen, he wasn't calling plays. That was seven games in to his first year as head coach. When they went to the Super Bowl last year, when they had a dominant team last year, when every single one of you in the chat loved this Eagles team last season, when they dominated everybody and went all the way to Super Bowl 57, Sirianni wasn't calling plays. Sirianni wasn't calling the defenses. And none of us had a problem with Sirianni then, did we? Did anybody here in the chat in 2022, when they dominated every single team they played and went all the way to Super Bowl 57, did anybody here 
say, fire the cheerleader, fire the clown. Did any of you do it? If you did, then you can continue to have this opinion. But the reason why I keep saying that I think we are being unfair to Sirianni is because we were asking him to do something that's never been done in NFL history. I don't understand why fans are ignoring the fact that no coach ever in NFL history has gone to a Super Bowl, lost both of their coordinators, offensive and defensive coordinator, and got past the divisional round the next season. Why do we just ignore that? Why is it just, oh, he's a clown? No team, no coach has ever gone through that and got past the divisional round. In fact, it's only happened twice. There's only been two head coaches in the history of the Super Bowl who lost both of their coordinators after going to a Super Bowl. 1995, San Francisco 49ers. They had George Seifert as their head coach. They had Hall of Fame quarterback Steve Young. And they couldn't overcome that. They lost in the divisional round. Then you look at the 2005 New England Patriots, who had Bill Belichick and the GOAT, Tom Brady. They couldn't overcome going to a Super Bowl and losing both coordinators. They couldn't get out of the divisional round. So why do we ignore that? Why do we ignore it? Then we talk about this Super Bowl hangover that everybody was so worried about in the offseason. Can this team survive it? It's so hard to go to a Super Bowl, lose, and then get back. But now we just want to ignore it. And I see Frank Gallo in the chat saying the frustrating part was being 10-1. and And I've addressed this before. This epic collapse that everyone wants to call an epic collapse really wasn't as epic if you go back and you remember how this team performed the first 11 weeks. Because even though they kept winning games, they had tried to tell us who they were all season. They were not a 10-1 and football team. They weren't. They could have just as easily been five and six after 11 games. If you go back and you look at all of those games, they could have just as easily been five and six. And then would we all now be saying, well, that was the Super Bowl hangover. It's so hard. It's so hard to respond after losing in the big game. But no, because they started 10 and one, now it's, oh, they had an epic collapse under Nick Sirianni. It wasn't as epic as we're making it out to be. And when people ask, what is it that Nick Sirianni does? I think it's important that you listen to guys like Jason Kelsey. Does anybody here in the chat think Jason Kelsey's a clown? Because if you respect Jason Kelsey, who's been with this organization a really long time, who played for Andy Reid, who played for Doug Peterson, and unfortunately, Chip Kelly. If you respect Jason Kelsey's opinion, listen to what he had to say yesterday on the New Heights podcast about Sirianni, talking about how he's one of the best coaches he's ever been around at motivating his guys, at holding people accountable. This is coming from Kelsey. So you guys want to attack me and say that I'm just defending Nick Sirianni. Well, what do you think about Jason Kelsey? So I want to hear it because we started this segment with me saying that Nick Sirianni is the best coach in the NFC East right now compared to Brian Dable, Mike McCarthy, and now Dan Quinn. So I'm going to give you an opportunity in the chat. You tell me in the chat if you disagree and why. Now, Flexin and Steppen in the chat says, those players don't respect the puppet. What have those players, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, A.J. Brown, every player who has spoken about Nick Sirianni, sounds like they all respect him to me. 
Sounds like he's actually really well-liked in that locker room. So when you say they don't respect him, I don't know where you're getting that. M. Reyes, good point. Sirianni does the same thing Pete Carroll and Mike Tomlin do. They're CEO coaches. John Harbaugh's a CEO coach. Everybody loves Harbaugh. Everyone wants to talk about how great John Harbaugh is. He's a CEO coach. And in the AFC championship game, you saw the Baltimore Ravens play undisciplined, bad penalties, turnovers, people calling for John Harbaugh's job. Well, what does he do? John Harbaugh doesn't call offensive plays. John Harbaugh doesn't call call defensive plays. His job as a CEO coach is to have his team ready to play. Ravens didn't look ready. Ravens didn't look disciplined. But we're not calling for Harbaugh's job. No one's calling him a clown or a cheerleader. What else we have here? All right, wine, Niners, wine. Chiriani lost the team. McCarthy won a Super Bowl. Dable has practice squad-level players, but they play hard for him. Commies still suck. Well, let me ask you a question. And I've addressed this before on this show. Do we really think that the Philadelphia Eagles 2023 defensive roster was good enough to win a Super Bowl? When we take a step back and we look at that defensive roster, we really think that they were good enough to do anything with who they had at linebacker, with who they had at safety, with the drop-off in play from James Bradbury, we really think that that defense was good enough. So we want to say Brian Dable has practice squad-level players, but Nick Sirianni, their defense was terrible. And I know the offense at times sputtered. I'm not making excuses. The offense could have been better. But the defense was absolutely atrocious. The defense was in the bottom of almost every single category this season. And if you want to blame Sirianni for that, you're not watching the games because the personnel on the defensive side of the ball wasn't good enough. Exactly. Solvain in the chat. Still blame Howie for gutting the defense. It wasn't in the budget, I guess. Spot on. The defense wasn't good enough. That's not on Nick Sirianni, guys. You want to blame Sirianni for everything. Howie Roseman built that defensive roster. Mr. Rudy Pooh. McCarthy has a Super Bowl. Dan Quinn lost a lead in a Super Bowl like Nick did. Nick's still lower. Not explaining to me, though, why you think Nick Sirianni isn't as good as those coaches. So Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl eight, nine years ago with Aaron Rodgers. Hasn't done a damn thing. Hasn't won a playoff game. Well, he won a playoff game, but hasn't been to an NFC championship game in seven years. Dan Quinn, his last three years as a head coach, had a record of 14 and 23. And you talk about Nick Sirianni's team blowing the lead. They were up 10. Dan Quinn's team was up 28 to 3. It's ridiculous, man. I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. I told you guys, when the game ended, when the wild card matchup ended, yeah, I was emotional too. I was emotional too. Oh, they got to fire Nick Sirianni. This was terrible. This was horrible. But when you let your emotions subside and you look at this objectively, you can't knee-jerk and fire this guy with all of the success that this team has had. And there's a lot of other coaches in this league who are CEO coaches. Everybody loves Dan Campbell. Oh, everyone praises Dan Campbell. He's a CEO coach who just lost his team the NFC Championship game, single-handedly. I don't want to hear that it wasn't because of his decisions. There's people out there defending those decisions, saying, oh, well, there's a lot of plays that go into losing that game. BS. 
Dan Campbell as a CEO coach. It is his job to make decisions for situational football that help you win games. And every decision he made in that game was the wrong decision. And it wasn't just being aggressive by Dan Campbell. It wasn't just sticking to his aggressive nature that got them there. No way. That was reckless and that was stupid. Because at that point in the game, in the second half, we talked about it earlier in the week. When they had an opportunity to kick a field goal and go up 17, the risk-reward wasn't there. Even if they converted and scored a touchdown, it still would have been a three-point score, three-score game. Scoring a touchdown there wasn't worth the risk because it's still a three-score game. Field goal, three-score game. Touchdown, three-score game. But if you didn't convert, two-score game, all the momentum with the Niners. That was his first mistake. Then he had an opportunity to kick a field goal to tie. Didn't do it. Second mistake. Then they ran the ball on third down towards the end of the game at the goal line. Get stopped. Have to use a timeout. I don't hear anybody saying fire Dan Campbell. What does he do? What's Dan Campbell's job? I don't see anyone asking him at a press conference, well, what do you do for this team, Dan? I think it's ridiculous, guys. I'm telling you, I think it's ridiculous that people are calling for Nick Sirianni's job still. With all of the success this team has had under Sirianni, just doesn't make sense to me. But we don't question guys like Tomlin and Harbaugh and Pete Carroll and Dan Campbell. Now, maybe you'll make the excuse, well, Tomlin won a Super Bowl. Pete Carroll won a Super Bowl. John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl. But what's Dan Campbell won? A lot of love for Dan Campbell out there. Nobody questioning him. But we all want to call Sirianni a clown. Even though everything we've heard from the people who matter, the players, the veterans, yeah, they're not going to throw their coach under the bus. But this just wasn't lip service. Jason Kelsey now has repeatedly talked about how good of a coach Nick Sirianni is. He didn't have to go on his podcast and get that elaborate about how Sirianni's one of the best coaches he's ever been around. I don't get it. So I still stand by my statement that I said. Nick Sirianni is the best coach in the NFC East right now. The commanders having to pivot because Ben Johnson didn't want to be their coach was a great, great thing for the Philadelphia Eagles because it made the Dallas Cowboys worse by taking their defensive coordinator. And I don't think it helped the Washington commanders at all. Especially since they need an offensive-minded coach to pair with either Sam Howe or the young quarterback they're going to draft. So, I see you guys disagreeing with me in the chat. But you know I love you. You know I love the Power Hour crew. But like we end every single Philly Sports Power Hour with a little Today in Sports History, we're going to go back to February 2nd, 2020. About a month before all the COVID mess hit, we were at Super Bowl 59 at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. I was actually there for that game, watching the Kansas City Chiefs play the San Francisco 49ers. So we get a rematch next Sunday. But February 2nd, 2020, Super Bowl 59, the Niners were up in that game too. Kyle Shanahan blew another lead in a Super Bowl. They lose 31-20 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, MVP. Andy Reid's first Super Bowl victory, the Chiefs' first in 50 years. I was in the building for that game. It was a good game. And I'll be rooting for the Chiefs again just because I can't stand the San Francisco 49ers. But listen, guys, you know I love you. Hit that like button for me. Hit that share button. Make sure you're following me on all social platforms. And you can catch me tomorrow morning and Sunday morning on 97.5 The Fanatic. I'll be there 9 to 12. So give me a call. Call in. Let's talk. I see you guys in the chat all the time. 
Give me a call at 97.5 The Fanatic. But have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back here on Monday, 10 o'clock. And as always, go Birds. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.